welcome to the Dear Sparrows podcast. So we are in a new series and super exciting. We um, are celebrating one year now of doing the podcast, which, or I am, I don't I have a lot of people who come on, so I can't include everybody. Um, that's really exciting. That's kind of crazy to think about that a year ago I started this podcast and where I am now and gosh, it's like, praise God, right? Um, it's so cool to get feedback you know, week by week from you guys, um, seeing what the Lord is doing, um, and what the Lord is speaking, and that just, I don't know, it just gives me super hype. So, welcome to our new series on Proverbs 31. So, really looking in depth, um, kind of the backstory behind this, I, two years ago, did a really in-depth study of Proverbs 31. Um, I got the Center Linear Seminary Bible, and really dove in and did a blog series on what does it mean to be the wife of noble character? Because I think Proverbs 31 is one of those verses or like, you know, chapters of a Bible of the Bible where it gets kind of, I don't want to say overused, um, but sections of it get pulled out and talked about, but rarely do we go like super in depth looking like, plunging in what does it mean to be this kind of woman but what does it mean to like actually walk that out too and where this kind of happened the other day I was was in my bible time I was in the word and um came across the first part of Proverbs 31 which no one ever seems to talk about and it just like stuck with me like I could not shake it I was like dang that was some fire and so I kept thinking about it, and I kept thinking about it, and so here we are. Um, so over the next few weeks, we're going to dive in to Proverbs 31, but we're also going to look um, at the same time at some of these women of the Bible who are of, like, noble character, and what were the things that set them apart, what were the things that really highlighted in their life, and also something that's kind of cool in them is looking at people like Hannah or Mary or Elizabeth um, or Deborah, they all actually sang a song after this huge miracle in their life occurred. And so the Lord had done something massive in their life um, and they literally started singing praises and kind of looking at the correlation of that. And it's really cool um, to kind of dig into that and look at, okay, there was this miracle and then they wrote a song right after. And so I love that. So we're going to kind of be jumping around with that as we jump into looking at what does it really mean to be this wife of noble character? Now, before, you know, guys in the room, before you turn this off and say, oh, okay, well, this isn't for me. Yes, it is. This is for everybody. This is for the women listening of how to be this person. And it's also for the men to challenge their sisters to be like this, to challenge their daughters to be like this, to pray that their like wife or to be wife would be like this. Um, it's exciting, you know, and it's a place that the Lord has blessed that we have this word so easily accessible, and we can pray for these specific things in a spouse so we can pray for these things in ourselves you know like all these different things and I think a lot of these are kind of transferable between the sexes as well I don't think you have to be just a woman to um be clothed with strength and dignity you know you can you can be a dude and be clothed with strength and dignity as well so the first part we're looking at today is actually um the first part of chapter 31 which 
like no one ever reads and it is awesome. So we're going to do that today. So this is the sayings of King uh, Lemuel. Lemuel. Um, he is actually King Solomon. From what all scholars and stuff can kind of gather, this is King Solomon. It's just another one of his names. And these are actually the things that his mom said to him, which is kind of rad. Um, so his mom kind of starts off. She's like, my son, my son, blah, 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 blah. Um, and she hits it hard. She's just kind of like, she's first like, oh, my, you know, my baby boy. And then she's like, okay, so this is, I'm going to start off with some hard truth here. So don't spend your strength on women or your vigor on those who ruin kings. So literally first words out of mama's mouth after being like, my dear son is don't waste your time on them hoes. That's what she says. You know, I'm just, I'm just translating it to the modern age and era. But, but what she's saying is date the kind of woman that you'd bring home to mama, that you'd wife, and don't, don't even waste your time on the girls who are just playing yet for those hoes. And I have a younger brother. I have a lot of friends that are guys. And I can say firsthand, like, gosh, the amount of... It's honestly saddening when you see these women who just... They're not in it for good reasons to date somebody. And they are just out to use and destroy. And it's... It's sickening, it's saddening, and it's kind of that same story just played over and over. So this mama is wise, and she starts off just saying, don't don't waste your time. And I think a big thing, I work a lot with youth, um, and I'm so blessed. I love that and I work with these girls, but there's like the big youth group, and the boys, they all come and they hang out too with me. Um, and they're such sweethearts, and they're, they're my babies, but... I think that's a big thing that I would love to pour into them is just don't waste your time on these girls that are not worth worthy of your time. And, you know, date, date the girl that's worth marrying, date the girl that you see the white picket fence with. And if you don't see a white picket fence with her, then just be still work on you, work on your relationship with God and the things you're doing in your life. And when you and God agree that you're ready to start looking for that white picket fence girl, that's when you get rolling on the dating train. But until then, don't waste your time on these girls who are not worthy of it because they're just going to break your heart and lead you to do things that you regret or you're sad about or you have a lot of scars and baggage to figure out. She continues, so Solomon's mama continues, it's not for kings, not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer. Least they drink and forget what the law decrees and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. So what's that's really saying is it's not knocking <clears throat> specifically alcohol. What it's saying is don't become so consumed um, by things that will cloud your judgment and ultimately like things that you can help others with. So alcohol is a big thing in kind of like the Christian realm, if you will, that people seem to get like disagree on. I mean, Jesus literally turned water into wine. So obviously like he doesn't have anything against alcohol. He does say it's not good to get drunk, but there's not this thing against alcohol. And that's, and that's not what Solomon's mom's saying. She's not saying totally stay away from alcohol, but what she's saying is kind of like Paul all things are permissible, but not things are beneficial. So don't 
don't take time, don't invest your time, don't fall prey and indulge in things that are going to stray you away from things that are going to ultimately be beneficial. And in looking at this, she's speaking to somebody who has a very strong, the strongest voice in the kingdom. Um, but you don't have to be a king to have a strong voice. You know, looking around you, yeah, don't waste your time, don't folly, don't fall in overindulgence of trying to earn money, of materialism, of alcohol, of women, of all these different things. They're going to distract you from doing things that are beneficial, not only for you, but for others. And she continues and she says, you know, give to those who are perishing, to those who are in anguish, let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. So she's not saying, go find the nearest sad person and get them drunk. That's not what she's saying at all. What she's saying is provide blessing for them so that you can ease some of their pain. And that's a beauty that we have. It's I think, um, who was it that said that Christianity is one, one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread? And that's very, um, that's a, it's a way to describe Christianity, but I think there's a lot of truth in that. You know, it's, it's a little bit more simplistic because um, it's so much more than just bread. It's love. It's everything um, in sustaining life. But we have the opportunity that if you have been blessed it is not just your ability, but it is your duty to bless others. And that doesn't have to mean money. That does not have to mean resources. It can be time. It can be you take the time that you have and you bless someone else with it. You listen to those who are hurting. You know, it's kind of a Romans 12, rejoice with those who are rejoicing and mourn with those who are mourning. And so that's what she's saying. She was like, if you have that ability, then that's your duty to do what is right for others. It is you know, your God-given blessing that you get to extend to others and be Jesus to them um, and bless them. And this line right here in 31.8, this is what stuck out to me so much that I could not shake it all these weeks later. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Dang, mic drop. So speaking up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Dang, the blessing of that and the call of that. And that's what really stood out is even if you are not a king and you are not some executive, you are not somebody who has a million followers on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, you have an opportunity, whoever you are and wherever you are in life, to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Sometimes that can be voting. Sometimes that can be starting a cause or participating in a cause or giving to a cause for those in their countries or our own country for people who have been have had rights stripped away. Um, or sometimes that is just being a kind and decent person to somebody that you see is not being treated fairly. And something um, for personal reflection on this is uh, I used to work for the Apple Store, which was fun <laughs> um, before I taught. And I've been teaching, this will be my third year teaching now. Um, but before I taught, I, I worked for Apple for two years after college. And this one, the way that everything kind of fell together, and admittedly, after college, I worked for Apple, but I was kind of, I'm not going to say I was running from teaching, but it was just, I was not in a place where God had called me to teach yet. 
And this was one of the starts that got used in that. But um, I, I ran one of the field trips one day and there were these three little girls who came in and one of the little girls had this Barbie and they were probably like nine, 10 years old. And these two other girls who were taller um, went up against this girl with the Barbie and they were making fun of her. And they're like, why did you bring that doll? And, and they're just being cruel. And it was interesting because I saw myself and the little girl with the Barbie at that age and just remembered being bullied, remembered gosh, just the rude things people would say to me um, for a multitude of reasons. And no one ever, no one ever stood up for me. But I realized in that moment, and just kind of was like this like mega, like, whoa, I was, am an adult now. And I have the opportunity to speak up for somebody who can't speak up for themselves, really. And so I went over and I, I, I kneeled down and I just started complimenting her Barbie. I started saying how cool it was because it was. And I, I started loving on her. And the other girls, thinking that I was, you know, some cool Apple store worker, totally changed their tune. And they were like, no, I have one too. Yeah, I have it in the car. Totally changed their tune, speaking up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And I realized in that moment the power that we have. And for me, that was kind of the moment that I realized I need to be teaching because I never had a teacher stand up for me. And... I had the opportunity to now. But I think for anyone, <clears throat> if you see something like an injustice going on, you have this opportunity to stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves. Whether it be a child or weak or just, you know, tired and they don't have a voice, you have that opportunity. And we have that opportunity in prayer too, to intercede for others, to speak up for those who just don't really have a voice. And looking at that um, and standing up to those bullies or, you know, hard things that life has knocked them, that's our opportunity. And we can be anywhere in anyone and still do that. Um, I thought about doing a whole podcast on Endgame, but I didn't, though it's been kind of like the thing popping up in my mind every 30 seconds. It's just thinking about if you guys had seen the Avengers Endgame movie. And it was so good. Um, but really looking at some of the themes of that and really how most of the themes of that are speaking up for those who don't have a voice themselves, speaking up for the little guy. And favorite character hands down in that movie is Captain America. And, you know, yeah, he's, he's a good looking guy, whatever. But there's something about his character and his valor and the fact that no matter what position he was in, he wanted to stand up for those who didn't have a voice or who were being oppressed. Um, in the first Avengers movie, you know, he has that respect. He's, he's a skinny, scrawny, you know, I think, what did the thing say on his report? It was like, he was like 5'1 and 98 pounds or something. And, you know, he, he's sitting in the movie theater and somebody starts just being a jerk and being a bully um, about raising for the troops, raising money and stuff. And, and he goes and he defends that. And this, he gets beat up for it, you know? And then Bucky comes to get him and he's like, I can do this all day. And the point of that is looking at that he was standing up for those who, who did not have a voice in that movie theater at that time. And his entire heart throughout the entire series is for standing up for those who are oppressed, who don't have a voice, who are not being treated fairly. He doesn't say, he, you know, he's asked, like, so you want to kill Nazis? And he says, I don't want to kill anybody, but I don't like bullies. And 
for me, that's why he's my favorite, because he stands up for the little guy, even when he is the little guy. And he uses what voice and what strength he has to defend others. And that is our opportunity, and especially if we are of the faith and of the cloth, um, of, you know, we are adopted into the family of God, we have this duty and this opportunity to bless others and speak up for them and to do right by them. And it's that's how Jesus lived. That's how we can be like Jesus. We can stand up for those who don't have a voice. I mean, look at the woman who is going to be literally stoned to death for adultery, and Jesus steps in, and he intercedes on her behalf. And he wasn't saying what she did was okay, but she's saying, but he's saying, get up and sin no more. And he defends her that, you know, she is not killed. And so that is something beautiful that we have the opportunity to do as Christians and as decent human beings is to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves and to defend and be men and women of noble character and of valor and of courage and of kindness. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to kind of continue to go into what does that really look like um, to be those kinds of people? How can we pray to be like that? How can we pray to be joined um, in marriage or in union with people like that? And how can we pray that um, those we have in our community are professed to be like that? So stay tuned, continue with us on this next series. It'll be a good time. We're going to continue through the summer with it. Um, continue to give me your feedback and stuff. I love getting that. Um, and yeah, dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for these listeners. Um, thank you that you are so active in our lives. And I pray that you would speak to us and the things that resonate in our hearts through um, this lesson today, Lord, I just pray that um, these people would not just let it sit, that you would itch them until they take it deeper with you. In your name we pray. Amen.